It is my pleasure to introduce to you my friend Lee Vanderveen. She is a senior film major at the University of Rhode Island, lover of anime and lifting. You can check her out on Instagram at exactly L-E-E and her fitness account at Rockley Lifts. In this episode, we talk about judgment of others, boundaries, her fitness journey, path to self-confidence, the first time we swore, and much, much more. So stay tuned. I just got my time. I'm going to get my nails done so bad. <laughs> now that I have money, I'm like, let's get the bill up. Yeah, burn, yeah it's burning a hole. Okay, wait, hold on. So thank you for doing this. You are the first non-athlete. Hey, let's go. I know. Let's diversify, go. diversify for our audience a little bit. But um, we got a lot to talk about. But they're snarp. Yeah. <laughs> but first, I mean, and this is crucial. And you have to answer honestly. I'm so nervous. <laughs> Do you think you would have been frauded by the Tinder swindler? Yes. <laughs> Bro, come on. Like, yes, obviously. So I was I was watching it with my roommate. Actually, okay, no. Because... <laughs> you don't have the funds. I don't have the funds, one. And two, I feel like if a man were to say, like, my enemies are coming after me. I wouldn't go to take them seriously. I'd be like, who are these enemies? Are, yeah, I'd have it, some questions. Right. I think, dude, watching that was so insane. Crazy. Um, but if I had the funds, like, and it was believable, like, maybe. Well, that's what, so you want to believe you're like, oh my gosh, like, no one is that dumb. And I think that's something that's been. But, like, these are, like, established women. Right. And that's something that people were talking about when all this came out and they were getting blamed for it. It's like. Yeah, like, they should have been more careful, but also he took them on a private jet on their first date. Like, they yeah. had no reason to – and they would be developed a friendship, and they would be dating for months. And so it's like they had no reason not to believe right. that it was legit. I think the way the documentary set it up, too, is more like a lot of their relationship was online, but they forget that they had, like, a bunch of in-person encounters, yes. too. Because I feel like if it was online, I'd be like, no, I'm getting scammed. But, right. like – it's like a Nigerian prince, and you're like, send me one Bitcoin. Yo, tell me what your bank information is yeah. so I can deposit money into it. Yeah, right? Okay. I know. Um, but going off of that, like, I just wanted to talk about, like, judgment of other people when you don't necessarily know them. Because I feel like when you see those pyramid scheme kind of cases, and then did you, have you seen the Inventing Anna or heard about that? I started watching it. I started yeah. watching it. So that, too, of, like, people end up blaming the people who got scammed yeah and it's a really weird dynamic because it's like yes they had free will yes they chose to give their money but they also thought it was going towards a certain cause right and where like how culpable can you really be i think in situations like that as well it's almost sad that people are like well the people around them should have known better because at the end of the day like you'd like to think that you'd be that person for someone that you care about right so i think it's just I don't know, a little bit mind-boggling. And that's, like, the first thing that I think a lot of people are like, oh, I would never be that dumb. But yeah. it's like, so you have you no idea. About, like, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. Because and you have no idea what you would do until you're in that situation. And you can tell that, like, a lot of these people had, like, genuine connections or they felt they had genuine connections with him yeah. or her. For um, sure. And I, I feel like that goes, like, online, too, or just judgment of people in general. It's like you yeah. assume at face value what someone's situation is and then you're like well if i like i would never do that or i you know that doesn't apply to me because x y and z and it's just such a 
you know, one track mind. You wouldn't know what you would do until you're in that situation. Exactly. In every single circumstance, too. Like, I feel like there's no, there's no circumstance you can think of that you can prematurely define your choices. And that's why I was like, would, would I get Tinder Tinder swindled? (laughs) Yes. No. Maybe. Like, I don't know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm sure we all like to believe that, like, we have a crystal ball and we can be like, I would never do anything like that. But it's just. That's like how people can make themselves look online is like another thing that i find so crazy mm-hmm. i follow this girl on tiktok i forget her name right now but she posts like a bunch of these like really good acting videos mm-hmm. and like about her life and all this stuff so, like she just went to go see billy eilish and then she posted a tiktok like two days ago of her like basically living out of her car and she's like people, people don't show everything on the internet like i tried to move to new york and it's not working out for me but like everyone thinks I have this great life because mm-hmm. everyone's like oh like goals like I want to be you and all this stuff and then she's like well actually like the other side of this coin right and it's crazy because if you watch her videos like it doesn't seem you have like no that idea would yeah. be her life yeah I don't know it's weird and it's also I think about that too with with body image stuff because I know that's a big thing people look on social media and they either I mean there's two sides like you either are so disappointed that you can't look like that or you're on the other end where it's like you're exposing somebody for not presenting how they do online right and it's a weird dynamic because on one hand it's like of course someone's not going to look exactly how they look in a certain frame of a picture like none of us do 24 7 like I'm in flannel pajama pants I've had since I was like 17 yeah so it's like that's one thing I'm trying to kind of work towards is sure hold people accountable and like if people are being existentially fake or something like you don't have to subscribe to that but also it's not like someone's job to appeal to you either yeah I saw something recently which was I I, I'd never thought about this before it's kind of about that like gap between authenticity and how we present ourselves online which Mm -hmm. is like I've even done it too like a photo dump I thought that was like I'm being being so genuine yeah I do the same thing someone said I'm trying to remember where I saw it I I think I'm familiar with what you're talking about that a photo dump is almost like more disingenuous because you're selectively like crafting what experience you want people to think that you're having yeah so it's like yeah it's a photo dump but these are not completely random pictures like you probably have 18 screenshots between like two pictures that you're not putting up there like it's just really interesting that a photo dump to me was like oh like it's just kind of like cutesy and that. yeah um but but yeah no it's, it's all curated and i think part of it is owning that it's curated yeah and just being like yeah like these are the 10 pictures that i would like to have yeah exactly and slide. that i thought aesthetically went together and that's how my brain works yeah or whatever but i was listening to a podcast with um do you know alana glazer she like wrote and starred in broad city it's on hulu but she's a comedian and she um they were talking about authenticity and she said something that like I had never really thought about with she's like Kylie Jenner is probably being authentic to who she is like when you think about people that get called out for like I don't know being fake or whatever it's like she I totally believe that she walks around her mansion exactly how she presents herself on social media and so this idea of like being authentic or being not it's like it's kind of up for you to to determine what your version of authentic is because we'll never know Kylie Jenner exactly so 
for us to be like that's disingenuous to her is like we don't know that exactly so I feel like going back to judgment of strangers and like all that kind of thing it's like well how can you know that what they're presenting is disingenuous to them even on like a non-celebrity level right I know it's kind of weird and then you think about like and I know people are like oh celebrities are just normal people and then there's that argument well they are public figures and they choose this life and whatnot but as much as like it's the same level of judgment even when you see somebody who's like going through I don't know a lawsuit or a divorce or anything it's like you have absolutely no idea like legitimately no idea what what they're doing in their life even though we get this illusion that we do yeah and I think it just it creates like false roots that you like that we think we are like allowed to or that we know more than we do so we can pass judgment because we have yeah some level of information I would agree with that I feel like especially with social media it's like an eye into people's lives but it's not like you're a part of their life Mm -hmm. especially with like I don't know I'm trying to think about like celebrities that have like very interesting internet presences like um do you remember when Lord got exposed because she had like a secret onion ring rating account no (laughs) she literally had like and I think she was on Jimmy Fallon when it got like people found out it was her but someone made this conspiracy because they found this like onion ring like instagram where this person was rating different onion rings and the only person that followed it was like lord and so they found out that it was like her account and she was just rating onion rings on the low bro (laughs) i kind of love that i know right like isn't that hilarious goons are goons i know i need to do i don't know how i'm gonna format that but i'm like i would love to just eat crab rangoons and rate them I know, right? Who doesn't? I mean, I know someone who doesn't like cream cheese, and it's like, yeah, you know, that's kind of 80% of the crab yeah. rangoon is, it's a pocket of fried cream cheese. Yes. And it's delicious. I love them. But um, what are your, what's your take on boundaries? What do they, how, how do they look for you, and how do you enact them in maybe your life relationships work what does that look like I think for myself personally I have different boundaries with like different people Mm -hmm. because like the information that I give to like my mom is going to be different than the information I give to my friends different like and there are some things that I just need for myself something that I like have learned a lot in the past four years is how to establish healthy boundaries with like myself and like the things that I like have to do and the things that I want to do mm-hmm. because I think that I used to just overshare and big time I had to I, learn that it's so hard because I, like in, in the same like leaf of authenticity it's like oh if I say everything then it's like all my cards are on the table mm-hmm. but then it's like you almost don't get to like grow if that's like the only thing that you're putting out there is everything and so I feel like a boundary that I've set for like myself with myself is letting myself have like hard days but not letting myself like sit Marinate in it in that, yes yeah. and then a boundary that I set like in my friendships is like I think I want to ask a lot of questions because I fell into a really bad rut last semester of just I don't know not making active plans with people I think I was just in, like, a 
No, I was a little senior slump fall semester, mm-hmm. but it was really hard for me to, like, seek out human connections, so now, like, when I'm with people, I like to ask a lot of questions and, like, give an accurate insight into my life, but I don't need to tell people everything, because yeah. I feel like that almost leaves, like, no room for you to, like, deal with what you have going on. For sure, and I think some, I had the same problem where I would overshare, and it would also, I think, inhibit me because I was sharing when I was at a point in like maybe a healing process exactly where I wasn't it's not that it was wrong for me to share it but it maybe kept me stuck because I kept sharing yeah like the same story or I kept you know it kept me like in this spot or um and then also it inhibited my friendships because you get to a point where your friends are like either do something about it or stop telling us right because we love you and we want to help you and you're just like content with honestly like being a piece of shit right now yeah or you know whatever it may be because you can't like linger in that process of healing you need to just kind of like do what you need to do and yeah. then like meet your friends at a point where and it's then like, tell the story after right and be like or like hey. if you need like your support system be yes. like this is what i need right now yeah. but the boundary of like being in the process of something and just only talking about being in that process while making no like conscious efforts to change what's happening is like that's like a boundary that I had to learn with like myself and like with my friendships and then I think like about this is gonna sound weird but we're just talking about social media like a boundary with social media is I think I'll notice myself not comparing myself with others but comparing like lifestyles Mm -hmm. where it's not even like a physical thing it's like productivity oh, type yes. stuff yes and i i saw somewhere it was like someone else's best day might not be like your best day or like your best day might be like someone else's like shit day you know what mm-hmm. i'm saying like yeah everybody has a different quantity and quality of best so i need to just not let like a certain lifestyle a certain like image like dictate right. how i perceive like myself and like how productive and how like girl boss i'm being <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i just need to like do things with the best intent that I can and it can even be counterproductive too when you're like trying to match someone else's best to the point where you're not even on track for your your own goals you're trying to do something for what for to be like some it's so it's it's crazy yeah um but yeah I think one thing that college has really taught me is like the importance of boundaries but how boundaries can like look different Mm mm-hmm I've also learned how to say no to things that I don't want to do. That's really good. If it's not a hell yes, it's a no. Yeah. Like, on a professional level especially, like, as a a film major and, like, someone that is passionate about producing, it's just, like, if I am not passionate about a project, then I should not be working on it because Mm -hmm. that's really draining of my energy. And And you're not giving... I'm not going to be invested. project needs either. So, something that I love about producing is being able to put, like, the right people on the right projects. So, if I don't want to do it, like, I'll know someone else that will. Right. But it's, like, if it's not for me, then it's not for me. And saying no is, like, not a bad thing. I used to think that if I said no, it would, like, halt me Mm -hmm. in the film world because you have to be such a yes person, especially, like, to get on, like, those fast-paced sets. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, at, at a certain extent... I want to wind up on the sets that you want to be on means something to me and like will enrich my career. Yeah. And, um, I listened, I was listening to another podcast and it's funny. And I don't know if this is like something that women experience more, but our tone doesn't always match what we intend to say. Like I, I do this all the time where I'm like, Oh no, thank you. 
And it's like, why are you saying it like that? You can just say, <laughs> no, I'm good. Yep. Or no, thanks. Like we have like saying no feels so negative and that like I'm doing something wrong by saying no. So I have to balance it with yeah. like being like, oh, I feel so bad that I have to do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just like you're not a bad person because you didn't want to do something. Right. I, have you seen those those videos where it's like redrafting my email like a man and it's, yeah. ta- it's taking out like all of the pleases and the exclamation points yeah. like the if it's not too much trouble sorry for the inconvenience it's like just say what you need to say yeah. in a professional way because you're in a setting with people who should be treating you like right. an equal and being nice is not always nice you know what i mean like sometimes yeah. you're being nice because you think you need to make it easier for someone and you're actually making it harder because you're being indecisive. Yeah. Because you don't want to just put the hammer down and say, hey, this is what needs to happen and make life easier for everyone involved. And so then we tiptoe around the issue and never get anything done. Yeah. But um, there was this uh, TikTok. Her, her name's Magically. I think it's pronounced Masai or Massey. It's M-A-S-C-I. And she said something that has just been like radiating in my brain that the stories that we tell ourselves like the hyperfixations, the fake conversations arguments reliving different um you know moments or negativity is your it's your ego's way of keeping you wounded because the more that those stories replay in your head there's no foundation for anything else when you let those stories go and you understand that my ego and my pride is just in the way and i need to like release this so that I can have soil to flourish the things I actually right. care about, then I won't be in this place anymore. But I really struggled with that because, I mean, I do this all the time. It's like you're driving and you're thinking about a conversation you have with someone and how it could have gone differently. Yeah. And it's you're, it's all ego. It's like I wasn't perceived how I wanted to be perceived and now I'm upset about it. And trying to just get a little bit, like distance myself from that. So I was wondering if you had anything like similar or what your perspective is on sort of letting go I definitely resonate with that I think something that is a habit that I'm actively learning to break is like in my friendships my relationships my family etc if someone has an issue they'll tell you because I am I'm an anxious person and I think that especially when I'm reliving those conversations you, like, make it a lot worse than it is. Oh, yeah. the, the longer ago it happened, like, the more room there is for you to forget things, for you to, like, take things out of context, even in, like, your own subconscious. And so I think that's something that I have been actively trying to tell myself, um, especially as, like, a near graduation, trying to look for jobs, like, connecting with friends, um, partner, etc. Yeah. Is just um, every moment of like dissonance or things that like kind of make you go oh this could have gone a lot differently it's a learning experience and also things are like your your thoughts and your I guess um anxieties don't equal reality Mm -hmm. so but especially that learning experience part because it's like if I really mess something up and I think about that for the rest of the day I'm stopping myself some, some, from so much productivity for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. If something bad happens and I recognize it and I say, this is where I messed up, and I say, I'm going to learn from this and 100. not do it tomorrow and the next day and the next day, then it's like, then I can have a whole good day after that. Yeah. It goes back to like not sitting in the 
bad stuff that happens. Yeah, for sure. And I've even noticed that with being irritable. Like when something bothers me that I feel like shouldn't bother me, that's my cue of like, oh, you're not you're not healed yet. Like you got some you got some shit you need to work on. I had a conversation. I, I don't even know if I can call it a conversation, an interaction with somebody. And again, like I just had shoulder surgery and they came up to me and they were like, oh, like I thought they said, how are you? And they had a mask on. So it was kind of hard to hear. And I was like, oh, I'm good. How are you? And they were like, I mean, your shoulder. And so I don't know why it was just like the tone and the everything. And I had had a long day. I had been like traveling was up since 430 in the morning. So I was just it was just like the straw that broke the camel's back. And in my mind, I just started churning and I was like what you can't just ask how I am like oh it's it, like it's my fault that I thought you asked me a different question and I got so irritated and then the I think because the interaction was so brief too I like was just like taken aback and I felt like again like I didn't get across how what you wanted right to be perceived communicate and so and then I, t- I was thinking about it after the fact and I was like they haven't thought about that interaction since it happened I'm taking this so personally for whatever reason. I don't know. I got to look at that. But clearly, like, there's something that triggered that in me. Right. And it's it shouldn't have done what it did or dictated the next 10 minutes or, or whatever. And so just kind of finding that, like, I don't know, that balance <laughs> of just being like. But, like, yeah, moments like that will teach you what you need to work on, like, mm-hmm. within yourself. Because no one's ever going to be like a completely like emotionally cognizant person and and, like be healed of everything but as long as you like recognize when things like really upset you and you like take time to I guess simmer on that Mm -hmm. for a minute I'm trying to think the other day something like really bothered me I'm trying to it was at work and had a million things to do yeah and like in the office on my grind and it really bothered me because the person that gave me all the things to do was, like, trying to tell me a bunch about, like, things going on in that, like, social. Yeah. But I was, like... Time and place. Like, that's the thing that I was, like, thinking about. But then I was, like, this person's taking time out of their day because they want to let me know how they're doing. And also, if they gave me all these tasks, then obviously they're not concerned about me doing it right this minute. Mm-hmm. Like, they, I could do it in 15, 20 minutes when they're done talking to me. And I realized about myself is, like, if I don't make a conscious effort to, like, connect with people, I'm a workaholic. Like, my job's going to eat me alive. Mm-hmm. They gave me all these tasks, and then they're, like, trying to catch up with me. And I was being bothered by the fact that they were trying to catch up with me. And I was like, that's not cool. Because if right. they were really worried about me getting it done right then and there, they wouldn't have stayed and tried Taking to have a chat. Time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it was, like, a, even, like, in the moment, I was, like, I need to get off my computer and I'm going to listen because I was like, that's just not cool. Right. And in the grand scheme of things, it's like what? Five, 10 minutes, literally 10 max. Yeah. And so I think sometimes we, I I think about this, like when I'm like, Oh, I have so much to do. And then I, I have to get this done and I have to run errands and I have to go do my laundry and and it's like, you're creating, you already are gonna be stressed about whatever it is that you're doing that rattling it off and just being a stress that you have things to do is counterintuitive like you're just gonna make the process worse for yourself and I was actually talking about this with my roommate Jamie of if you are in a position of experience or leadership whether it's with work or 
any group, people subconsciously look to you for permission. So right. it's like if you walk in and you're like, oh, this sucks. I'm so tired. I like I didn't do this last night. I have so much to do today. Da, 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 da. You're opening the floodgates for everyone else to, to like you're basically giving permission and co-signing that like this is how the day is going to be. Like yeah. it's just going to be a shitty day. And so now, like, when I walk into the locker room, for example, like, sometimes I'll even be a little bit, like, facetious. Like, I'll just walk in at, like, 7 a.m. and be like, good morning! Like, you know, even <laughs> even if I don't feel that way, it's just, like, it, it'll hopefully make someone chuckle and, like... Bring that energy Yeah, space, and even though. if they have a, an exam that they're worried about or whatever, it's, like, for a split second, it's like, okay, I can at least just be in here and be right. present and focus on what we need to focus on. But, yeah, definitely just not everything is the end of the world like you can you can budget your time accordingly and it's it'll all work out and just recognizing like things that i guess elicit like that emotional response and being like why is that something that bothers me some type of way like i don't know I, I'm a, and, and I'm a deep thinker. I like that's, to I like to get down to the root of it. And that's kind of the like ugly part of healing. I feel like is you have to look at yourself and be honest and be like oh my god like it's kind of that, up that, I do that, that made me yeah. upset like they asked me how I did after my surgery and I got upset what is wrong with me and like not in a such a negative way where you plummet and you're like I'm a terrible person and whatever no but, but just being realistic about it. like who you are and how your emotions like mm-hmm. might have affected certain relationships and conversations yeah and I also feel like you're really good at this because and I don't know if it's a conscious choice or if it's just who you are but I feel like in the time that I've known you you've been kind of like a mediator in so many different (laughs) so many different of all I will say like my personal life scenarios at least like I feel like you have such an ability to remain neutral and truly not judge people and see both sides of the argument and without like giving too much information or giving too much advice I feel like you really kind of balance that middle zone and like do you feel like is that something is that taxing to be that person is that something you enjoy about yourself like what is that I think it's something that I have to actively practice but also that I think in the same leaf comes more naturally to me that my mom when I'm growing up, she was a child psychiatrist. She's mm-hmm. a therapist. She works in hospice. And so I think she just raised me to be, like, very... Um, like, understanding? Very understanding and come at things without judgment because I grew up in so many different kinds of environments. I moved, like, 13 times. Like, mm-hmm. you have to be a really good listener if you want to make friends, like, super fast. And then also be, like, very in touch with your emotions knowing you're going to move again. And so, mm-hmm. like, now that I'm, like, at a place where I'm settled down, it's almost like, well, I really value being able to like establish roots somewhere so I think that being being the mediator and especially here like in a lot of like my circles and in my relationships with people friendships with people I think it's important for me to just if I do value like whoever it is like both parties then I don't want either of them to have a bad outcome and so I think that if there's like any kind of dissonance it's like a privilege to be the person that's like that people trust. I, yes. And come at them without any kind of judgment and just be, like, someone to receive that and, like, help them understand why they're feeling what they're feeling. 
let them know like how they're feeling because there's no wrong way to feel mm-hmm. there's wrong ways to communicate how you feel yeah. but there's no wrong way to feel and I feel like that's something people don't hear a lot especially from friendships I feel like it's like I don't know I kind of just like everyone being, wants to give advice everyone wants to give their two cents and sometimes I need advice sure but sometimes people don't need advice mm-hmm. and I think in the times that people do need it, then I won't be that Switzerland. But in the times that people just want someone to listen, I will be right in the middle. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Which I think is kind of, like, a nice thing. And also, like, it's really meaningful that people feel, like, safe talking to me because I don't want to ever, like, give off the vibes that I'm not someone safe to talk to. Mm-hmm. Especially, like, if there's a fight happening, if there's, like, just a lot going on in someone's life with someone that I'm also close to, like... I don't need to – I feel like, especially with the internet, it's so easy to be like, this person slept with this person, this person's saying all this, and it's like, let's just have a have a talk and figure out what mm-hmm. is the root – like, back to the thing, like, back to the root of the problem. Yep. Because I think I – like, I found all throughout growing up and even now, like, all argument stems from an unmet need. That's, like, my biggest thing. And so whenever I'm, like, experiencing, like – even stuff in my own life I'm like okay well what are my needs and what are their needs and what's not being met from both parties yeah and that goes to boundaries too it's like I am starting to realize that just because I establish a boundary or just because I say something that's bothering me I'm not owed that change from that person it's on me to determine am I going to accept whatever's happening here are they willing to change sure or are we willing to re- reach some common ground? Sure. But y- I can't, like, live my life in a way constantly relying on other people to adjust to what I need. Right. So that was one of the biggest things that I learned is that boundaries are really personal and that they aren't something – nobody has the same boundaries. Right. So it's ridiculous. And we all walk different paths in life. We all grew up differently. So to assume that we all have the same lens right. and want the same things is idiotic. And being that mediator, it also requires like patience. <laughs> patience one, but two, like something that I've also really grown a lot in college is I used to just not have a backbone. Mm-hmm. And now if I really value a friendship, then I will be able to say this is what you're doing wrong in this situation. And I'm saying it to you because I want this to last. Right. And I'm saying this because I want the situation to be resolved. Mm -hmm. And going to the other person and saying, this is where you need to stop doing X, Y, and Z to fix this relationship with this person. Mm -hmm. Because I think from an outsider's perspective, especially when you're in that middle ground situation, it's a lot easier to kind of like not sugarcoat things or like not comment things with such a charged perspective either. Yeah. And just be like from a very neutral standpoint this is what I'm seeing Mm -hmm. and I think it's kind of like a nice place to be especially like if that's what your friends need and you get all the tea tea. sis it's the libra in me i'm like i will never do anything with this tea but i will sip it right here by myself yeah literally and that's honestly with the oversharing thing too i've learned and i've noticed a huge 180 and like i don't care to tell people other people's information at all and no. I think that in doing that, I so I've received so much more information because I want people to know that like if you need to vent, I'm here and like lips are it's sealed. It's safe anywhere. with me. Literally, it's not going anywhere. And um, like that's how you build stronger connections. Exactly, too. exactly. And 
it's also like you can't you, you will never no one will ever mess up what your intentions are because it's like even if I were to accidentally you know say I you told me something and you know I go and I tell it to someone else even if I didn't have bad intentions it doesn't really matter what my intention was it's like hey like what are you doing you know right. I told you that not really thinking that you were gonna spread it everywhere or disrespect my trust like that and it just causes so many more problems than it solves but yeah definitely sipping the tea solo sipping the tea solo solo dolo you know you know how it is but talking about you were saying like not having a backbone and I wanted you to talk a little bit about like framing growth like what that looks like for you and like what what even is growth for you right now for me right now I think growth is all about like perspective Mm. um like I talked about a little bit earlier but last semester I just like really fell into this weird kind of rut where I felt like every day was the same and now I'm trying to make like conscious choices and conscious efforts to I don't have to do this but I get to do this we get to that's huge Jamie Jamie says that all the time we get to and so it's it's kind of cool because I feel like growth is an ongoing process and growth can stop as quickly as it starts but I think as long as you're making like an active effort to I don't know seek seek out your goals that's what that's what growth is like I I'm a very like work-oriented person and one thing that I really regret doing last well not regret because it's all a learning opportunity but like last semester every day was like to do to do to do to do and I really stressed myself out and now that I like have started lifting and I have like goals for myself like physically mentally professionally relationally etc I'm starting to make like goals lifts goals lists for every day like if you can do like this for yourself today if you can you know, hit your macros today. If a goal, a good goal for today is like drink enough water. A good goal for today is like reach out to someone you haven't talked to. Mm. A, good, a good goal for today is like wake up and do one thing that you know you're not going to want to do tomorrow. Like yeah. do this piece of homework. But I think now that I have like this goal oriented like mindset, it's a lot more rewarding to check off things off of that goal list than it is to try to get everything done on a to do list. Because if sure. I don't check off something that's a goal, it's like, okay, well, actively, I'm going to be thinking about maybe trying to get that done tomorrow mm-hmm. in a not stressful way. Yeah. So I think growth for me right now is all about, like, perspective and, like, shifting mindset, especially as I'm about to graduate because that's, like, ugh. Yeah, right? A little spooky. And I was um, thinking about – because I would get in these ruts where I feel like I would be so stressed out about everything that I had to do, like, this mountain of – or even just, like, I'm looking at this huge pile of laundry and I'm, like – oh, there's no way I'm going to get that done. Like, I just don't have the time, whatever. And it's like, you don't have to get all of it done. Like, take do one load, and even though you still might have a massive pile of laundry, it's one load less. And, like, what those, like, little victories look like for me um, have completely changed to... It's like a little serotonin boost. Yes, it really is. And I want to talk about your lifting, your whole fitness would you call it like a fitness journey I would say it's something along those lines yeah and just like everything like the good the bad the ugly like what you've experienced and um your boo my boo and yeah like what's what's (laughs) been going on um so I think COVID was obviously very devastating for the world but very good for like myself 
from an introspective lens. Uh, I needed it for my own little personal character so arc. did shut the world down for two years, but... but it was good for Lee's mental. Yeah. In a sense that... Um, when I left for COVID, I was just in like a not great mental space. I drove back to South Carolina, stuck at home for, for a minute. And while I was there, like obviously Charleston is very different from Rhode Island, but I think that being back in a space where I felt like so tied to like who I was in high school mm. was like really difficult for me mentally. And so I think I like really needed to make a change in order for myself to like distance myself. And like close the chapter. Yes. Um, so I just started, like, going on little runs that kind of carried out through, like, last fall. Um, but I still was not being great to my body last fall. Uh, just a lot of nicotine substances mm-hmm. that I would be, like, on these runs and I would be, like, <gasps> yeah. So it was just really difficult, especially because I was only doing cardio. And then when I started, I was probably, like, 240 pounds. Wow. Yeah. I would have not heavy. That's the other thing too with weight it's, is I could so, not look at you and yeah. know that you were, you weighed that much. But I think just like having that mental number was like really difficult for me because I was still like trying to learn how to live like outside of an eating disorder. I was still trying to learn like how to take care of my body. So the first thing to go was like I just stopped smoking, mm-hmm. and I stopped like vaping and stuff. And then Re- I really quick I you I don't mean to cut you off. No, but, what's up? Um, my brother recommended this book to me and it's called it takes what it takes and the very first thing it talks about is that the path to success is elimination yeah and so i just you saying that like the first thing to go because there's there's so many things that like eliminated that like added more like enriching qualities in my life like i took away like smoking but i was able to run longer and that really made me happy especially like being back in Rhode Island, it was freezing out when i started to run i started to run probably like last january yeah like a little over a year ago and I would go down like the beachfront wall but it was just so nice because I could like do it longer once I like stopped smoking and then after that I was like okay well what do I need to eat to like establish a better relationship with food but also like help my body now that there's someone that I care about and then I was like I love that my body is someone that I care about yeah because I think for so long I treated it like something that I hated because it wasn't what I wanted it to be Mm-hmm. And so, like, as soon as I started treating it as something that, like, I wanted to, like, nourish and, like, grow, I was like, okay, well, I can't do that eating 1,500 calories a day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I think there's, like, such a toxic, like, kind of conversation about that in, like, the fitness world. Like, um, cutting and bulking type of stuff? or More so, like, in the, the fast, the fad diet type mm-hmm. thing where it's, like, this many calories this day and less this day more this day in a sense where it's like not enough to like sustain you it's just enough to make you lose weight but then once that ends and you like hit that number then it's not a sustainable lifestyle um and then right around last spring probably is when I had like just like this huge mental realization where like my whole life I've centered my idea around beauty of like being skinny and being like because I'm already so tall I was like I just yeah. want to feel like slender and yes lean and just yeah. so, just but it's I a fun pressure yeah super <laughs> and I like just had like this I don't know what happened but I was like I want to be strong and I'm getting so like mentally 
mentally strong that I want my physical to reflect that as well. And that's when I started like using the weights and I was going to the campus gym and I was like starting to lift and I had no idea what any of it meant. But I was like, I don't want to be quote unquote skinny or slender. I just want to like feel strong. I'm not really concerned about the looks right now. And that was like the first time in my mind that I'd ever distanced. Like, the, the ironic thing is, is like the looks come like yeah it's weird so so I started lifting with a glass frame and then over the summer I met this boy and he went to the gym and so he's helped a lot which is really cool because I think something about me is like I one of my love languages is words of affirmation I think people think that means like someone saying like oh you're so pretty oh like you're really smart and it's like no it's like I'm I'm proud of you I'm really proud of your accomplishments I really appreciate that you did this for me um what you're doing in this area doesn't go unnoticed that's why like I get a lot of validation from work because they're like oh I really appreciate it you you know um so just with lifting I think it's it's nice that I was able to like start my own journey by fixing the mental first I had to take away all of like the huge negative self-talk negative like body habits negative eating habits and just really started to like gain an appreciation for like my body as something that I care about yeah. and want to be strong and what it's capable of too right so yeah I'm gonna compete in powerlifting in May so excited I know I'm so so excited and something that I said for myself as a goal is I wanted to be able to squat two plates I said that like last not last December but like this, this past, past December yeah. and I did it like second week of January hell yeah so as a reward I obviously have to get a tattoo so we'll yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah, I think I've just really gained like a newfound appreciation for like my body and I think a lot of times too people will be like, oh, look at how eh, I looked back then. And it's more like now it's like I was really freaking strong because I was dealing with so much. Yeah, so much more than, than what. Right. Yeah. So I just also negative like past self-talk has been really huge. Um, something I don't think I've ever said out loud I used to compare myself to older pictures of myself that I used to FaceTune. Gabby Schilling. <laughs> and I don't FaceTune anymore. One, like, it's not even that I care that if people, like, would think that my pictures are edited. It's more just, like, for my own sanity. It just doesn't do me any good. Yeah. But in high school, for sure, I mean, I had really bad acne. I, like, wasn't comfortable in my own skin. And it's so funny how everything kind of happens for a reason like my instagram got hacked and deleted my freshman year of college so i forgot about that yeah so all of my instagram pictures from all of high school like from the start of me having an instagram were gone and it's kind of funny that like it just happened at that time and then i just didn't i didn't even have that frame of reference anymore so you're comparing yourself to like curative images that were made by you yes you're comparing yourself to a sim bro literally (laughs) oh my god but um but yeah and so now not only do I feel one I I had a conversation with my friend Hazel um you've met Hazel yeah um because she lives in Charleston now yes yes, she does she goes to Charleston um but we met up for coffee over break and at one point I was just like I'm so done with being insecure like I legitimately don't care anymore I think about like all the times that I've thought about like not being skinny enough or pretty enough or smart enough right. or whatever and I'm like all of that energy could have been focused somewhere else and could have been so much more productive like one thing too when I was starting to go to the gym 
at the beginning because I used to just run in public like run by myself though yeah and it was like COVID time like I brought a mask with me on my runs like it was just very much like a solo thing and so like when you first start going to the gym I was like oh like I'm not probably not doing this right people are probably looking at me and it's like I'm here to do this for myself like I don't understand why someone would like pass judgment on someone because anybody doing better than you is never going to pass judgment on you exactly because they know how hard it is to get there that's one thing too it's like I'm kind of just there are obviously days where I'm like I'm not feeling like the body that I am <laughs> yeah. but in the back of my head but in the back of my head though I'm like okay girl. I'm still a body like I'm still that bitch yeah like, but it's just it's crazy how one conversation or like one even week can like transform your mindset which is huge. like crazy huge and um but yeah just even like the body image stuff and I've always had a weird relationship with food because it's so funny too because the times where I was like skinniest or like I looked the best I was eating like shit like my (laughs) eating habits were so terrible I remember spring of my freshman year our like volleyball schedule in the spring is obviously a little bit different and so Monday like I wouldn't have class I would wake up at 6 a.m we'd go to lift I would go back to my my dorm sleep all day wake up at 4 p.m order a calzone eat a calzone and then Mm -hmm. like go back to bed and like do it wake up the next morning i love calzones i I love calzones too but it's like it's not sustaining and i was like i'm wondering why well one i'm like i haven't eaten a vegetable in a week and two (laughs) i'm yeah like i'm weight wise i'm fine or i look good quote did you like lack a ton of energy well i was sleeping all day yeah like and i um and like of course you're gonna be skinny you're eating like a 1500 calorie calzone and working out and like nothing else definitely not you thought i was drinking water at that time right yeah right like and so it's so it's in the eye of the beholder it's so perspective driven like and of course like you get compliments and it like for a second like that validation feels great but then i'm like wouldn't you rather be like 10 pounds heavier and actually like be a functioning member of society Right. right like what is wrong with you and so now i look back and i'm like okay like eat a vegetable like (laughs) even if it's covered in ranch eat a vegetable but um but yeah that's what i guess that's what happens when you're on weight watchers as a kid (laughs) hey twins (laughs) twins um and also and that's no like shade to my parents by the way because i know they, they listen to my podcast i'm a big believer in like Every parent is doing the absolute best that they can yeah. at that given time, regardless of what they're going through. And that doesn't mean that they're doing a satisfactory job necessarily. I know people come from all different backgrounds. And in my case, my parents were amazing and they only ever wanted what was best for me. And they grew up in a time where like it was the Atkins diet and the South Beach diet and Weight Watchers. Right. And so and it was just more of a thing of like, hey, this is something our family's gonna do to be healthier. And in hindsight, I'm like, this really made me look at food in a, in a negative way. But certainly that wasn't their intention. Right. And um, I realized that it's not I, like blaming people doesn't do anything. It's on you to figure out what was wrong and heal from mm-hmm. it. So that was something I just had to realize was like, OK, I have this really terrible relationship with food. You know, I would weigh myself all the time, like wake up, weigh myself, go to the bathroom, weigh myself. Like, you know, and I thank God I don't do that anymore. But 
it's on me to then discover those things and find the tools and the resources and just work to be the to be better that's the thing it's just better one percent better each day yeah but um yeah hold on it's getting dark i'll turn on the light real quick (laughs) oh (laughs) i don't know i don't think so no you're good um headphone users beware (laughs) Beware. airpod (laughs) users trigger warning um let's talk a little bit because you're from south carolina kind of kind oh you're from everywhere but most recently most yes yeah longest um what do you have any favorite um like southern phrases sayings because i've heard a couple recently and i want you to give me your feedback if these are some that okay, are popular yeah. where you're from i love when referring to friends i'd rather have four quarters and a hundred pennies i never heard that one love that one and then um i've only been wrong once and it was when i thought i was wrong and i was actually right <laughs> i have not heard that one either <laughs> no um i'm trying to think if there's any more southern wisdom i've gotten but what about you do you have like I feel like bless your heart, yeah, like that kind of stuff. Those are all good. I feel like there are just little things that I will hear, and it'll take me back home. Like, um, I still say y'all, and that's like I say y'all too. And I'm not even. I'm from the Midwest, and I I'm trying to remember. There was there was one time I said y'all, and someone asked me where I was from, and I was like, that's it's it's still kind of like a common word here. I feel like yeah. Um. It's not a phrase, but recently I tried Bojangles for the first time, and I had a Bojangles biscuit, and the biscuit was not, like, a southern biscuit, and I was really depressed. Really? Because I thought that, like, the the Bojangles was good, but then they were, like, talking about the biscuits, and I was like... Just ain't it. What's your favorite, like, fast food chain biscuit? Or, like, just in general? Chick-fil-A biscuit. has a good biscuit. I don't think I've ever had a Chick-fil-A biscuit. I've never had the chicken minis. I've heard their I game find changer. okay, so I was vegetarian for eight years, pescatarian right. for the past one, and two months ago I was eating chicken and gum. No way. Yeah, I'm not so eating. What? I'm not eating red meat, but I tried a Chick-fil-A biscuit for the first time in eight years, and then I had a rock-solid gut for the next I like bet. four days, just because my my stomach's like, how do you process this protein? But now it's like fine. Um, for the macros, I was gonna say, was that <laughs> like a protein thing where you just like yeah, I need so I, another I, outlet? Like, mentally had to think about it for like three months before i actually was like i'm gonna do it i'm gonna do it and then i did it and it's fine yeah but yeah a southern biscuit can't beat a southern biscuit um i like saying like my mom says it sometimes but i think she says it to be like ironic she'll be like sweating like a center in church and oh, i think that's yeah. so funny um <laughs> it's just so funny it's also so like yeah, like, if if I made a bunch of bad decisions, I'd be sweating in church, too. I would be sweating. <laughs> it's it's real. It applies. Um, it checks out. I, something that I've, I say, like, every now and then, people don't know what it is here. Like, when they pinch a penny. Like, to save that. money. Pinching a penny. Oh, I don't or think when I've you really that. have to pee. I'm not sure which way it's used correctly, but I've heard it both ways. Like, pinch a penny. Like, yeah. between the cheeks. You're pinching a penny. Okay. Okay. Yeah, no, I don't know that one. <laughs> I'm learning so much. I have, um... A couple teammates that are from the DMV area, it's like DC, and they were teaching me DMV slang. So I've learned, I'm gonna like butcher all of it now, but um, 
like OD or OC, like out of control or like OD. Um, like when something's crazy, like that's like OC. So I've been like sprinkling that oh in there. Oh my god. Um, I've also learned she taught me sharp. Like I'm sharp. Like I'm like if someone tells you information, but you like you're like, okay, I got it. Or like you already know what's going on. You're like, I'm sharp. Like I'm sharp to it. Oh. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, right? Um, I love like incorporating new slang, new vocab. And one thing okay, so when I when I was a kid, when I moved from Hawaii to South Carolina, in Hawaii, like a lot of people will call like P, they call it Shishi. And my next door neighbors had grandparents named Boo and Shishi. And I literally was like like, That's I the thought that was the thing funniest ever. thing in the world. But, like, language and, like, just, like, little different yeah. things and, like, dialect across even just the U.S. is, like, kind of crazy. Yeah. I w- this is not really related, but I was joking with Jamie because we were browsing on Disney Plus and, like, Alvin and the Chipmunks was, uh, like, on there. And I was like, did you have a phase where you would, like, YouTube, like, a song and then it'd be, like, Alvin and the Chipmunks version? Yes. Of course. Like no one talks about that. I've why never had an original s- experience? <laughs> never. I was like, why did I love Alvin and the Chipmunks versions of songs? Like "Single Ladies" by Alvin and the Chipmunks. Stop. Iconic. Yeah. War flashbacks. Right. Literally war flashbacks. And then we were joking about like, just like all the pop culture and like music and everything that was happening at the time. Where it's like, you ever? go back and you're like oh that song wasn't for children <laughs> and i yes. was listening to it like i was listening to bedrock when i was like eight i i, I can make yeah. your bedrock yeah. <laughs> literally <laughs> or like um we were joking this morning about um i was so gold digger by kanye west came out in 2005 no i was five years old being like we want prenup <laughs> <laughs> i probably i probably didn't even know what no. I couldn't define uh, what a prenup was. Um, the Carrie Underwood song, but oh, can't shoot before, whiskey. No, the, the, yeah, before he cheats one. Yeah, but I used to butcher. <laughs> I used to think it was dug my keys into his legacy, and I would sing that with my full chest, like seven years old. I'm digging my keys into his legacy. That's kind of poetic. He'll never forget me, like I. But I big words as a seven-year-old i was like legacy it's obviously that because because she's too smart to <sighs> leather seats <laughs> who <laughs> wait what is what it's uh yeah what is what does she even rhyme it with it's like you went with leather seats <laughs> like come on be better but yeah it's so fun to like nostalgia is so much fun because and i i really struggle with this too you ever like look back on a memory and then like cringe because you're yes. just like oh like whether it's like a moment in like middle school or whatever and i have to my constantly... mad con fan account <laughs> elaborate anyways <laughs> mad con- so did you have a favorite i liked i like sean mendez so he oh, okay. kinda... that's a valid favorite and i like taylor too but it's a problematic fave um yeah i think i knew it was a problematic fave fave like a two months after you're i like, like but that bandana <laughs> no you're done um but yeah i constantly have to remind myself to not put my adult brain in my child body yeah because it, it just makes things because you're like oh my god i can't believe i did that it's like you were eight you didn't know 
what the world was like you're good like it's okay to be embarrassed like you know that's natural um but yeah I just think about like oh, just random I remember I was like in class in like seventh grade and this kid came up to me and he was like he was like you have a booger in your nose and at the time I was like I'd rather die I would rather just go home I remember in I think it was seventh or eighth grade I didn't really have a lot of friends in middle school yeah so I didn't curse because I just didn't talk enough to curse Mm. so the first time you swear is this what you're gonna talk about the first time that people I was in like a group in like a social studies class in like eighth grade I think and we were all like around this table and I feel like eighth grade was too late to be having this conversation but we were t- someone's dropped like three f-bombs and I was like yo and they're like I don't think we've ever heard her say a curse word so the whole class they'd be like say fuck and I was like yo oh my god I was gosh. so stressed out yeah right uh, swim like a sinner in church and then that was that was first first semester wow. by second semester I had a curse word I Sailor. had a curse word or two in me I I remember the first time I mean I don't remember the first time I ever said a curse word but I do <laughs> I'm so <still> my brother <laughs> Yeah, it was 2014, actually. It was, okay. <laughs> Backstory. Yeah. We're in a cabin in Michigan, the Upper Peninsula. Okay. So you're in the Middle cabin. of nowhere. Yeah. Looking for swim shoes so we can go swim in a lake. So Michigan. Water shoes? Yes, oh water shoes. I found one. My brother had, like, flung them under the couch. And he was, like, being really annoying. Yeah. Through the one that I found, like, deep behind this gross, just, like, this gross cabin mat in the corner with, like, we know there's spiderwebs back there. We know it's foul. So I walk over there, and I said, you dumb fucking bitch. Like, called my little brother. How at, old like, are you? Probably, like, ten. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I called him a bitch. Like, not even, like, a good curse word for him. Yeah. Okay, Maddie. <laughs> you dumb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish I had the acrylics to click. Um, and then I couldn't go swim in the lake because I got in trouble. So, <laughs> water shoes for nothing. Oh, my gosh. Um, but, yeah, I remember, like, one of the first times that I had been, like, swearing, like, in a conversation with, like, a, a friend. We were, like, in gym class. Like, I don't know. We had to run a mile or something. And I was jogging with this girl. And we were just going back and forth, just dropping F-bombs like every other <laughs> – like had a no like it just didn't even flow unnecessary but it's like once you when you first learn to curse though when you give yourself that permission it's a it's it's a never ending void i mean no. the possibilities are are endless but yeah i i definitely got a little carried away i'm dead i know <laughs> it's uh it's you know we learn and i feel like like i had a health teacher one time say like Guys don't like it when girls curse. And then that kind of made me mad because I was like, well, fuck that. Like, I'm going to curse. But I also think it's like, it kind of going back to the authentic thing. It's like, if you're not a person who really, like, expresses yourself that way, you don't have to. to. Like, yeah. But again, on the other side, if you swear like a sailor and that's who you are, then be that way. Yeah, there's absolutely, like, I don't know, there's no rhyme or reason that you need to use a certain vernacular. But, um... I want to talk about just another thing, but, and I won't take too much of your time because I also am trying to keep these closer to an hour. I've been going like hour 20, hour 30. That's good. And so I'm trying to like make them a little bit easier to digest. But what are your, 
green flags in friendships specifically and then you know radiating outside of that like what do you appreciate prioritize in green a flags and friendship i really value honesty because i think that something that in all of my friendships right now they tell me things that like i've done that are not cool you know mm. because i really appreciate people that can help me like grow as a human being and and maybe you can touch a little bit on this too but like how someone goes about that i think is so crucial yeah i would agree with that um i really value the same kind of principles that i value like an open mind kind of like judgment free vibes um obviously if someone's like a terrible person i'm well we can judge that but like i don't know i don't want to feel scared to tell people things when i have good news or feel scared to tell people things when i like need help with something that's huge when i have good news i don't want to feel scared yeah because i feel like sometimes feeling with like just acquaintances if you have good news you almost don't want to share it with them because they'll interpret it a certain way and they're like "Mm." good for you yeah good for you (laughs) um good for you i green flag um even if we don't have similar interests uh because i don't have a lot of similar interests with some of my friends wanting to hear about them like i feel like i could talk to like you and the girls about lifting all day every day and you're yeah. like what's the rpe but like it right. doesn't like i talk to y'all about anime and y'all aren't like this is boring right because i don't think you need to have a bunch of similar interests with your friends you just need to have like similar beliefs and like similar values very true um I really value people that equally want to listen and equally want to, like, share. Yeah. Because I think it's hard since I am such a, like, oh, like, how – I'm a question asker if people are, like – Good. You're like, I'm like, okay. Well, I'm kind of tired. Um, my phone's <laughs> about to die. Sorry. Yep. Uh, gotta make me laugh because I'm – you, know? you like to giggle. I like to giggle. I'm a giggler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Be a good person. Yeah. Don't be mean to people at restaurants. That's like a – if oh. I go to eat, out to eat with someone for the first time or, like, hanging out with like, just as buddies and they're mean to the wait staff, I'm like, we will never hang out ever again, bro. I got in a huge argument with somebody. I, I'm not going to say who, but we were going through – so I worked at a coffee shop last summer. I remember. Yes. And I we were going through like a, dry, a bagel place drive through to get like breakfast sandwiches. And I was in the passenger seat and they were ordering. And the person who was taking our order, you could tell it was like a problem with the PA system. Like they couldn't really hear or something. And so they were like not – they didn't like repeat the order back right. And like it was kind of iffy or whatever. And they – got really pissy and they were like like no i said this and then was like jesus christ like da 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 like under their breath but it was like very like loud enough for them to hear and i turned and i was like that makes me anxious and i was like what are you doing like what are you doing they're clearly trying their best right now they weren't coming from a place of like anger or like you know they were trying to help us and also i was like i work at a coffee shop like is this how you think of, like, is this how you treat people right. in the field that I'm, like, working in right now? Presently? Like, it was just, it, it really threw me for a loop. Yeah. And Green flags, be a good person. Yeah. Have an open mind. Um, Want to share some experiences. For sure. That's kind of it. Yeah. What about you? I 
it's hard because I don't I don't know that I necessarily look for specific qualities but there's little moments that will happen in friendships that it like clicks for me and I'm like yep like that's that's a a good friendship because it's not like you don't seek out a person and be like do we have the same interests right exactly or and if you do it's it is like moments like that though where it's like affirming or like maybe not and one of those things for me is if I cannot talk to someone for months and pick right back up where we left off golden huge golden huge and I have been so blessed to establish friends like that like I mean all of my friends from home are amazing and then Hazel is one of those people where we won't talk for months and then we'll FaceTime for three hours yep or my internship friends Carly and Caroline won't talk for months and then the group chat will just light up one day and it's like you know back like, just like old times um so that's huge for me I think people that just in general uh, generally like cheer you on are never jealous yeah and I think the whole jealousy thing too something that I really learned about as well is like people who want to celebrate your accomplishments not like see you as competition mm-hmm. big time and a win for me is a win for us right like and I and that's the same thing with relationships too like if you're winning I'm winning you know and vice versa so um yeah definitely that um, I'm trying to think of what else. I feel like I had something else. Yeah, just, I mean, generally being a good person. And you're going to have fights or fallouts or, you know, maybe some, like, patchier Tension. times. Yeah, like, that's natural. Um, especially as women, I feel like I know myself. Like, I'm a very emotional person, and I let my emotions dictate what I do sometimes. But um, one thing I'm learning is and this um i got this from a podcast i listen to all the time is you're not responsible for your first thought but you are responsible for your first action yeah so it's like you're not a bad person for thinking something initially but you have to understand like okay why did i think that what am i going to do about it am i really going to like you know express myself in a negative way that i'm going to regret later and i've done that before and i've apologized to people directly for doing that before so I think just yeah, being accountable and holding accountability your... in friendships is oh so my gosh. important. Huge. Huge. Yeah. Well, I won't keep you forever, although I feel like we could talk about like literally any topic. That's one thing I love about our friendship. I feel yeah. like we will I will not talk to you for, for a month and then it's like our and then we're coffee just for nineteen hours. Yeah, pinballing off of each other forever. And it's always something new. Yeah. Like I feel like we always talk about something we haven't talked about before. Yeah. Or expand upon something we talked about yes. before, but like in a different way. Yeah, for sure. Crazy. Well, more love, more life to you and everything that you're doing. I'm so excited for your powerlifting competition. I will be there. Bless. Um, and yes, thank you so much for doing this with yeah, me. Yeah, this has been really fun. Um, thank did you I for tell having you, me. Did I tell you that I'm making merch? <gasps> Are we? Okay, well, stay tuned for the merch. I, well, I don't know if I'm going to sell it yet, but I wanted to do something where... Um, when I have someone on, like I give them a sweatshirt. <gasps> I'll, I'll wrap so them merch. Get it made and all said and done, you'll be getting a sweatshirt. All right, but okay. Love you. Thank you. Love you too.